1620. Welcome to Let's Go Pensacola. I'm your host, Julio Diaz. Hope you're having a good Saturday. Uh, you know, um, we don't typically get political on this show, and, and I don't really intend to change that today. But we, we kind of have to acknowledge the insane week and a half or so that we've had uh, in, in the world, and especially in the U.S. in the past uh Oh, 10 days, give or take, uh, starting with uh, the um, the the riots at the Capitol and uh, going from there into the the continued debates on what happened there. The second impeachment of the president, uh, you know, it's 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 been some pretty heavy times politically. And, you know, I I know for some of us, it feels like it's been that way for for several years now, for others, you know, may feel differently, but, uh, I, you know, we've never gotten to the point where we've seen a president impeached twice. We've never gotten to the point where we've seen rioters in the hallways of, of our nation's capital, uh, where, you know, we elect our representatives to go and represent us and make the laws that, that govern our nation. So it's, uh, you know, it's pretty heavy times. And uh, I, I kind of find that, Entertainment wise, there's I'm, and I'm not going to get into sides of who's right and who's wrong on that. You guys can can make up your own minds about that. That's not what the show's about. That's not what you come here for. And, and that's not what I'm here for today. I've got my opinion. You've got yours. That's fine. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll see an outcome where we can all come together when this is uh, when this is all through. That's, uh, I think, what we all want right now. But uh, getting past that, when you when you're living in times like these, and entertainment, you, you kind of go two ways, I think, sometimes with, with this. Either you want to do a deep dive into what's going on and your entertainment choices can reflect that, uh, be they, you know, movies, TV, music, books, whatever. Uh, or you just want to get away from all that. You want to forget everything that's going on. And uh, just kind of escape, and and there's nothing wrong with either choice, and you know maybe sometimes there's times where those two those two things aren't opposed to each other, and they can come together. So I wanted to take some time today and kind of talk about both of those subjects with uh, with a couple of guys who I know are going to have some interesting opinions about this. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll be talking about movies and TV shows that you go to when you're you're interested in taking a deeper dive into, into politics and then we'll talk about uh movies and tv shows that you go to just to escape from everything else what's your comfort food tv or your comfort food movies and then you know later on the show we'll get into maybe there's some places where you you can do both that i can certainly think of a few for myself and i'm, I'm sure our guests can as well so we've got two of my pa- favorite pop culture prognosticators on the line with me this morning, uh, first of all, he is uh, a longtime fixture on the Pen- Pensacola entertainment scene, uh, currently writing about movies and other pop culture for Inc19.com. Please welcome Phil Bailey. Hey, I'm back. Hey, glad to have you, Phil. I know that you're going to have some uh, some interesting uh, 
interesting choices here. We, we, we talked a little bit uh, about this uh, over the past couple of days, so I'm, I'm eager to hear what you're going to bring to the discussion. I'm also eager to hear what our other guest is going to bring to the discussion this morning from the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Please welcome Derek Diamond. Hey, Julio. Thanks for having me back. And I know you messaged me the other day asking me to come on the show and mention what the topic was going to be, and I, I loved it, so I, I appreciate you asking me back. Well, I'm always glad to have you. You've always uh, got some interesting things to say. And like I said, I know we've got uh, the right panel for this topic today. So uh, I just kind of wanted to start with, you know, for for yourselves, what do you tend to gravitate to in times like these? Derek, I'll start with you. When when you've got the, the weight of the world on the nation's shoulders the way it has been for the, the past 10 days or so, do you find yourself digging deeper or do you find yourself – looking more for comfort and and with and why well and for me the answer has been the same since you know i was old enough to really comprehend what politics are uh and like you said you know it's not so much about the opinion it's the fact that we hear about it so much especially leading up to elections and things like that and what's been going on the last week and a half i find myself you know i i look enough to stay informed of what's going on but when it comes to entertainment, I want to get as far away from it as I possibly can. Because the reason why I fell in love with movies and TV shows in the first place is that to have that escape, you know, if you're having a problem, whether it's a personal one or something that's going on in the world, movies and TV are a great escape for a couple of hours. So when I digest entertainment, I tend to steer as far away from, from politi- like political discussion as possible. And, you know, that's completely understandable. You can feel like you've, you've got enough of it uh, going on in your non-leisure time, I guess, for lack of a better term, that, you know, you, you just want to get away right. with it. Uh, and how about you, Phil? Do you, uh, when when times are like this, do you find yourself looking for escape or do you find yourself looking to to dig deeper? Well, you say times like this. Uh, do any of us remember other times like this? So- <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a unique moment. I mean that you know if we want to get into how long has it been since the last time anybody stormed the halls of Congress we're we're going back to the war of 1812. So no well, I mean, there there's, there's been incidents but they've never been you know they talk about the 24-hour news cycle. Now it's the 24-hour everything cycle. It's not you you can't just turn off CNN anymore. It's it's omnipresent. So I would, yes, definitely looking for something not uh, current affairs, looking to, looking to go somewhere else. Well, yeah, um, yeah, that brings up a But if point. I am going to dip into any kind of political entertainment, I'm going for the satirical. I'm going for the skewering. I'm not going for the serious. Well, you know, it brings up a good point. You're you're right. It's that it's no longer just well. I'm going to turn the TV off. I'm not going to read the newspaper. It is the uh, the social media of it all is is absolutely a factor now too, and that sets things apart beyond what we've already discussed, and and in a way is probably you know the the snake eating its own tail because I think social media probably encourages a lot of this in some ways and. Uh, and that's a that's a double edged sword too. How do you beyond just, you know, looking for escapist entertainment, how do you get away from that for a while? I mean, for some people it's it's hard to put that 
phone down. It's hard to put the the laptop down. It's hard to not respond to the you know the Pavlovian trigger of the the alert that comes up on your phone. Well, that's number one. You turn notifications for social media off, not just in politically charged times, just always. Yeah, that's that's you know that's one thing. You certainly can do that. Uh, but, you know, we're in an age, too, where a lot of people consume entertainment on their phones. So you might be trying to get away from that and, you know, watch, uh, you know, whatever your your go-to is. And we'll talk about what our go-tos are uh, a little later in the show. But you're, you're, you're right there on the same device. And if you don't think to turn off the that function, then you're, you're still going to be getting hit with those alerts while you're watching whatever it is that you're watching. Well, I think you have to train yourself to do it, too. You know, something that I've been doing over the last couple of weeks is really taking a step back from being on social media all the time. Because I am that type of person that I'll be there on my phone. I'll go on Instagram. I'll skim through, you know, look at, you know, my news feed. And then almost out of, like, sheer habit, I'll do it again a few minutes later. And the same thing with Facebook. So if you're – you have to train yourself to – not look it, like you, you know there's going to be something on social media that you don't like like you know the, what's been going on the last week and a half you have to train yourself and tell yourself i'm not going to do it and yeah turning off notifications is a big thing about it and and i'm guilty as anybody i i don't even think to turn off the notifications and there we go but you know speaking of turning off for a moment we've got to turn off and turn you over to some of our Exciting advertiser messages. So we'll be back in just a moment with more. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We uh, we are talking about political entertainment in this next segment here, and we've got Phil Bailey and Derek Diamond on the line with us. And I uh, couldn't resist going going back to a little reflex in the politics of dancing, but don't worry, there's no politician DJs on this show. Uh, so uh, I know you guys both said that, you know, in, in heavy political times like right now, you tend to lean more towards escapist entertainment than than digging back into the political side of entertainment but this next segment that's what we're gonna talk about some of the you know the go-to television and movies that uh, that you might go to when you're looking for you know either to see other views or to see how government works uh to 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 back up your own views 
or, or to just, uh, you know, anything like a political thriller or things like that. There's there's so much entertainment that involves pol- politics. And when I say that, I'm not talking about things that are made specifically to advance politics. I'm not talking about, you know, your Michael Moore's or your Denise D'Souza's or, you know, your political documentaries or things like that. I'm I'm talking about entertainment product. I'm talking about things that are, movies and TV shows that are first and foremost meant to entertain you and they just happen to take place in that world. Uh, so I kind of wanted to start with each of you and, and see if there's maybe a go-to movie or TV series that you recommend to, to people or that you go back and watch over and over yourself uh, that, uh, that fits that subject matter. Uh, Phil, I'll start with you on this. Okay. Um, it's going to be both. It's a recommend because it's one of those movies that uh, it's kind of topical. It's older. Uh, I love it. I will watch it on a dime. I will watch it from the middle. And it's John Frankenheimer's original, The Manchurian Candidate, which okay. is has, uh, in the last few years, gained, you know, it gets name-dropped a lot for some reason. Yeah, uh, it's definitely one that you've heard come up in, in the greater conversation over the past uh the past few years, especially with, uh, and I, I don't want to like relate it to anything specific that's been in the news, but <laughs> but because you know it's it's hard to it's hard to have this discussion. It's hard to walk this line without getting into the world events. But yeah, but it's, but it's it's such a top thriller with a little bit of science fiction thrown in. Great performances. It's beautiful. It. It doesn't matter how much, how messed up things are. Even if there's some parallels, it, it's not the type of thing that's going to get your blood worked up because you get so engrossed in that story, not what's going on in the news. Well, and uh, just for people that may be looking to go out and check out this movie. Not everybody's going to distinguish by director. So I, there being a, a more recent remake of this film, talk a little. Who's in the original, and that that I think will oh, help people distinguish a little bit more. You, too. you want to look for the one. It's in black and white. It's got Frank Sinatra and Angela Lansbury and Janet Lee. That's the one you want. I forgot who's in the remake, and yeah, I never watched it. If I'm remembering correctly, it's Denzel Washington in the Sinatra role, and uh, and Meryl Streep, I believe, in the Lansbury role. If I, if I'm remembering, I think Jonathan Demme directed it. Uh, D- Derek, do you anything? Have you seen either version of this movie, or anything that jumps out at you about it? I haven't seen the original, and I've seen parts of the the remake the one that you're mentioning with with denzel washington um with with me like i'm very picky about political based entertainment i i usually tend to lean more towards the the comedic side of things but um when it comes to i'd say a more serious tone one that people don't may not think of it initially as a political movie but it does have political tones and it's not american politics but v for vendetta Oh, uh, okay. Five, uh, you know, based off the Alan Moore uh, graphic novel with Hugo Weaving and uh, Natalie Portman, that it's the political theme to me, and that is not so like on the nose in a sense. 
And to me, it's just a, a really solid movie that I can go to you know, every now and then and watch. Yeah, that, that's an interesting choice because, like you said, it's not American politics, but it is still very, very much politics. It is a movie that's gone on to influence the the wider political movement around the world and that you've seen the the Guy Fox Day mask, which is what that mask is that V wears, has become an international symbol uh, and, you know, has gone, gone all over the place, primarily because of the movie versus the original graphic novel. And it's really also really interesting because uh, for those of us who've, who've consumed both versions, the graphic novel and the movie, the movie has almost almost diametrically opposite politics of the graphic novel. Uh, mm-hmm. So 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 that's interesting too, Phil. I'm I'm pretty sure you've both read the the graphic novel and and seen the movie. What do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's that's one of the, it gets a little head scratching. You can always tell who's only seen the movie. There's this kind of a, when people talk about it, you're just like, Oh yeah, you should read the book. Yeah. The, the book's fantastic, of course. And, you know, Alan Moore and David Lloyd is the artist on that. And, you know, pretty much most things Alan Moore has written are, are worth a read. I, I want to go back to Manchurian Candidate for just a moment and correct myself. Uh, it's uh, Liev Schreiber in the uh, Sinatra role in the remake. And then, um, I, I'm sorry. No, I did say that correctly. Liev Schreiber is Shaw, so he's in the uh, Lawrence Harvey role from the original. And then Denzel Washington in the Sinatra role and Meryl Streep in the uh, Lansbury role. And again, like it's, I was correct that it was directed by Jonathan Demme. Uh, you know, I have a couple of things I want to talk about while we're in this category. One that, uh, one that I'll kind of gloss over, and then one that I'll get into a little more. Uh, I find it interesting how much I find I learned from the TV show Twenty Four, which is is very much a political thriller as well as a you know spy espionage kind of thriller. There's a lot of politics in the show. In that uh, Jack Bauer, the lead character played by Kiefer Sutherland frequently interacts with presidents and uh, you, you go through a lot of the machinations of the Oval Office and, you know, several presidents being main characters over the course of several seasons. Uh, with the, all the current talk we've had of the 25th Amendment, uh, outside of, you know, of course, learning the amendments in school, which I did, but uh, that was a, a thing that was featured very heavily in several episodes of 24. And so every time it comes up in conversation, I go back to that and it's like, that's where I kind of cemented my understanding of what the 25th Amendment was. So I find that interesting. There's lots of other parallels to, to what's happened in, in the world since that show aired that have come up over the years. And uh, weirdly, Kiefer Sutherland seems to have some kind of uh, magnet for that kind of role because then he also went on to play a president in Designated Survivor, that series, which also has had some things that have come up over the over the the past couple of years that uh, that have mirrored art, reality mirroring art rather than the other way around. Uh, but above and beyond that, I wanted to get into a more recent movie and one that uh, is on Netflix right now and that we're probably going to hear a lot about as we get uh, in further into the uh, the award season, the delayed award season that we'll have this year. And that's uh, Aaron Sorkin's new film, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Now, this is, of course, uh, a little different than the, the things that we've been talking about already in that it's based on actual things that happened versus being fiction. This is, you know, a docudrama, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, based on the 
riots that happened around the uh, the Democratic National Convention in the late sixties uh, with the civil rights movement going on and and everything that just kind of built to a powder keg that uh, that exploded and I think that's uh, maybe the closest parallel we have to what's happened in uh, in the past week or so that from history, but also in a movie. And of course came out a few months before that, but uh, just, you know, really stunning performances and uh, a lot of parallels for what's going on now. And uh, I don't know if either of you have had the chance to see it. Derek, have you seen this film yet? I haven't yet. It's on my list though. And Phil, I don't think you, I think you said you hadn't seen it yet either. Had you? No, no, man. I just, uh, right now it's probably, if not the best, it's one of the best films I've seen. Uh, from the 2020 slash 21 season that we're going to end up having in the uh, in the uh, the arts world, of course, you know, the, getting into the real world for a moment here, the way COVID has delayed so many releases, there's there's two or three more months of eligibility where we're going to see uh, a lot of films that have a lot of buzz, and I'm not saying that one of those won't necessarily knock it out for me. Uh, but I just thought this film was was brilliantly done and has several award worthy performances in it. Uh, it's going to be a competitive year awards wise in terms of performances. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know that I would say that this is being such an ensemble piece that I would put anybody up for lead actor. I, I, I hope not because uh, I think Chadwick Boseman's probably going to lock that up for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom which is another film that actually has a lot of parallels to the world that's going on right now, although not overtly a political film. Uh, but, uh, you know, supporting Sasha Baron Cohen is just amazing in this movie. And then, you know, I, I also think you can't mention Sasha Baron Cohen without mentioning his other film this year, which is on Amazon Prime, uh, that being Borat's subsequent movie film, which is absolutely a comedy, but is absolutely also very political and very satirical. And uh, and does involve people that are in the news right now, like oh, a little guy named Rudy Giuliani, who's uh, who's on screen in this movie. Now, have uh, Phil? Have you had a chance to see the second Borat movie yet? No, 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 no. Uh, Derek, did you see it? Not yet. No. Okay. Well, uh, you know, really funny, very topical, and uh, and and worth your time. I actually liked it uh, a little better than the first one. I wasn't the hugest fan of the first one, but uh, but this one just really has. Some serious teeth, and uh, I also think we're going to see a supporting actress nomination for uh, Maria Bakalova, who played his daughter in the in the film. Uh, guys, we're up against our next break. We'll be back with more in just a little bit. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. <laughs> Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. 
Uh, we've been talking about politics and, and world events and how they affect entertainment and, and where we've gone so far. Uh, I, I I can't go through the whole show without also mentioning that uh, we lost a, a great musician this week, uh, just uh, just on Thursday night, in fact, just a couple of days ago, uh, that being Sylvain Sylvain of the New York Dolls. So I had to play a little bit of Personality Crisis for you there, just a great song and a hugely influential band. So I figured since we're going to talk about the stuff we escape with for this segment, I figure... This, that's a, that's a segment to go ahead and play that song on because I need to be comforted not only from the the world's political events of the last uh, last ten days or so, but also from uh, from the loss of that great musician. So, uh, I think we all have our our favorite movies, our favorite TV shows that we go to when we're looking for a little bit of comfort. When we're looking, whether it be just to turn our minds off, uh, don't want to think about it, don't want to necessarily watch something new. That's just our go-to, makes us feel good kind of entertainment, and that's that's what we're talking about in this segment. Uh, and uh, and we'll start with Derek on this. Derek, uh, what what's your go-to? Be movie, TV show, when you want to feel better and you don't want to think think a whole lot. What do you go to? There are several things. You know, it's usually TV shows that I go to, and just to kind of have as background noise. You know, something that I've seen so many times that I don't even have to look at the picture to know what's going on. But the one that's at the top of my list has to be The Office. You know, there are several seasons you can go through, so many great funny moments that no matter how many times you see them, I still laugh every time. Um, Cheers is another one. That's a, probably my all-time favorite show. Um, I grew up you know, watching it. I can remember watching the, the last two seasons as it aired on TV. And then now that it's on Peacock, I can stream that again. Frasier's another one. Uh, movies, anything Star Wars or Marvel, I, I'll put on. And I recently went through and watched all the Avengers movies again, so that that was a lot of fun. So it, it, usually those in that category um, would be my go-to. See, now the Avengers movies are an interesting choice because, uh, man, uh, Endgame and to an extent, uh, well, uh, Infinity War and then to an extent Endgame are, are pretty... There's a lot of downers in those films. Yeah, yeah there's especially War. Yeah, it, and it does come back around at the end of at the end of Endgame, somewhat. You still have some loss there, but uh, that's so that's an interesting choice for a feel good. But I want to go back to your your mention of The Office. Of course, very timely to mention that right now because it just moved over to the new streaming network Peacock, and uh, they've introduced a lot of. Uh, they brought in a lot of other material that you may not have seen before, a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of uh, cut scenes and things like that. So there's a lot of there's actually a lot of new office material or new to us anyway. They didn't go and film anything new uh, that uh, that's out there for you to enjoy. So even if you're really familiar with the show, you can spend a little bit more time with these characters that you love so much. And, and you know, I think that's the reason for me. I tend to go to TV for for the feel good for the the turn off your mind a little bit as well because you know you you spend more time with characters over the course of a TV series than you do over the course of a film and and in a good series and a series that you really relate to and you love they kind of become your friends and uh, and mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in the uh and no one told you life was going to be that way way I mean it in you know the the, the actual you know people you like people you like talking to and hanging out with like i like talking to and hanging out with you guys 
Uh, Phil, what is uh, what what for you is something that you go to for for that type of feeling? For me, it's usually going to be something from the past, and not just like oh, it's old, but something from my past, something that you know takes you back to simpler times, hanging out in your best friend's basement, watching movies from the video store, kind of feelings. So. We're going into, like, James Bond movies, Blade Runner, uh, Alien, Hitchcock movies. That's – those are my comfort – like you said, it doesn't – you don't even have to really look at it. You just drop into and you're there. You, your, your mind's off, and it's just taking you along. Well, it's, and you can watch it endless times. It doesn't matter. You could have watched it last night. You could put it back on again. <laughs> and it's not only that, oh, I'm, I, I like the world that's there, but I like the memories it evokes. It's interesting because you both made uh, made some choices there that I wouldn't necessarily, necessarily thought of because they're not necessarily – well, they might give you a warm and fuzzy feeling because, like you said, the memories you have of – Going to going to see it with your dad when you were seven, or you know, or that you just you know, have watched them so many times, and they're your go-to. Uh, but they're not necessarily films that aren't weighty or, or or don't or aren't heavy. I mean, Blade Runner is a pretty weighty film. It's a great film, but it, it's not a you know, it's not the feel-good hit of nineteen eighty-three. No, and and it's eighty-two. Don't ask who will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's got, but it's, it's just so every, I think everyone who watched it in the eighties feels like they discovered it because it was such a dud at the theater. It, it only caught life on home video. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, well, and it's it's certainly one I love, but for me, when I when I was thinking about this topic, I was going more to the, like the shows or the movies that I just watch on endless loop that aren't necessarily heavy too. I, like I mean, for me, the TV series would definitely be How I Met Your Mother, which is not remotely a heavy series. Uh, you know, there's a lot of character, and again, that's the one where, as I was saying before, I I have really gotten to feel like those characters are my friends, even though I don't. I, they don't actually exist, first of all. Uh, but I just uh, love those those characters in that world. And above and beyond that, my daughter has gotten into the show, too. So we now have a lot of, uh, you know, running in jokes with each other where it's just, you know, basically mentioning something that happened on the show and we both giggle. And I've probably watched the whole series through oh, six or seven times and I've been jonesing to start another rewatch of it. Uh, so that's a big one for me. A little bit heavier, but Buffy the Vampire Slayer would definitely fall into that category, too. Uh, I really love that series and, and those characters in that world, although there's certainly a lot heavier things. So basically what it amounts to is anything with Allison Hannigan in it is, uh, is, is pretty much uh, pretty much what we're talking about here. Uh, except, well, not so much the American Pie movies, but, you know, I've watched those two and I liked them well enough. I just don't go back to them uh, over and over but uh, and then uh, and then movie wise, it tends to be things like uh, Caddyshack is a big one for me. I know it's a big one for you too, Phil. I, even though you didn't mention it, because uh, that's one uh, film that we talk about a lot, and we 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 
reference a lot in our conversations. Uh, the Blues Brothers is a big one for me. And then it's, you know, all the John Hughes movies. Uh, and when I say that, I mean specifically the the teen movies that came out from, uh, oh, what is it, 83 to 87, 88, something like that. Uh, you know, we're talking 16 Candles, Weird Science, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, Some Kind of Wonderful, Pretty in Pink, those films. I'm not talking about the later John Hughes movies with, you know, basically anything with Macaulay Culkin in it. Not, uh, not, not so much those, although there's a lot of people that love them and I'm not particularly knocking them. They're just not my go-tos. Which, which brings us around to the whole current poli- political scene. Oh, are you talking about Home Alone too? Yes. <laughs> you know, there, there's, uh, and uh, again, without getting into the, the overly into the politics of it, there are actually, uh, there is actually a campaign to have Donald Trump deleted from Home Alone 2 that uh, even Macaulay Culkin has, uh, has kind of thrown his, uh, his blessing behind. So, you know, uh, yeah, no. that's, that's the interesting times we're in. Well, you know, here's the thing, you know, it, it, it has come up in the past few years because there have been a couple of times it's been broadcast on various uh, television outlets over the past few years where the, the little cameo is edited out. And the reason that is, is not anything political. It's because the scene is completely meaningless. It's, it's only there to say, hey, look, there's Donald Trump. And and it has no bearing on the overall plot of the film. So well, but, but you start down that route, then you go back in and you cut out all the Stan Lee cameos from every Marvel movie. Yeah, well, because it's not like they're ever advancing the plot. True for the most part, but uh, there's a little difference, you know. I mean, cut out David. What are you going to cut out David Letterman's cameo from Cabin Boy? <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, where does the madness stop? <laughs> I mean, it's a valid point. I'm not certain. I'm certainly not advocating altering the movie, but, uh, you know, it is one of the. I mean, they've already taken Daryl Hannah's backside out of Splash. Well, yeah. Save your physical media, people. <laughs> That's a more entertaining cameo than uh, than Donald Trump's cameo in Home Alone 2, though. Oh, I would have to have seen the movie first. But. Yeah, I, I, I think I maybe have only seen the cameo. I'm not the biggest fan of the uh, the the, uh, the Home Alone franchise, but uh, we, we we've gone pretty far afield, guys. And anyway, it is time to take a break. We'll be back in just a little bit with more. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. So we've had a varied show today so far. We've talked about uh, the the films and TV shows that we go to when we're looking to, to dig deeper into politics. And then we've talked about the uh, the stuff that we go to when we're trying to get away from all the politics and, and uh, you know, our favorite escapist entertainment, that sort of thing, the things that uh, make us feel warm and fuzzy. 
But uh, believe it or not, I think there are a, a number of things that we can talk about. And, of course, we're talking with Phil Bailey and Derek Diamond about all of this. Uh, things that, that are both. You know, there, there are a few things that I think fall into that category. And, and for me, it, that discussion starts with the uh, show that we just heard the theme song from, The West Wing. Uh, I'm definitely a huge fan of the show. And I didn't really discover it until it was already off the air. Uh, but I, I came to really love those characters. And it becomes that same kind of thing where, like like some of the things we mentioned with the, the feel-good of it all, the, the characters start to feel like your friends. They, they become these, these very familiar and welcome presences in, in, uh, in our lives. Uh, but it, all, it does very much get into politics, and it is very much about the inner workings of the West Wing, and it is very much about uh, a certain brand of politics without denigrating the other side, which I think is important too. I, you know, it's, it's fair to say that the Bartlett white house is a pretty liberal white house, but I don't think that overall they tend to denigrate Republicans. Uh, in fact, there's a great, a number of Republican characters that are treated with a great deal of respect throughout the show uh, from, from regulars to some really memorable guest roles uh, by actors like John Goodman and Alan Alda. Uh, who played Republican characters and uh, and but were very honorable people and very interesting people and people that you could cheer for. Uh, it, it's very much an idealized world, and when you set it against the time frame that we were in at that time, in that it was kind of for a lot of people that are, that lean more to the left, it was kind of their alternate Bush years. It was kind because of, it was you know during during the George W. Bush presidency. It was something they could look to and feel like the ideal version of a Democratic president would uh, would operate in the world. And, and uh, but but above and beyond that, I think it still stands up and holds the test of time. And I think, you know, it, above and beyond that also, it bridges the, the political divide in that I do know a ton of Republicans who are big fans of the West Wing. Uh, so I, I I do I do think it's that kind of that rare kind of beast where it 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 does both it it feels like comfort food, but it also definitely digs into politics and there are things that uh, things that I learned or relearned from watching that show that do you apply to world events today? Now uh, Phil, I know you said you were not uh, you've not watched The West Wing. Derek, are you a fan of the show at all? Yes, uh, I'm, I haven't watched every single episode, but I, like you, I discovered it after the show had already finished its run on TV. And I actually uh, last year took um, Aaron Sorkin's Masterclass. Oh, wow. And he talks about the, the creative process behind the West Wing and the writing and everything. So uh, if anyone's a fan of Masterclasses, I would highly recommend that one. And you get to learn a lot about you know the the inspiration behind like the development of the characters. And like you said, they're characters that, you know, you kind of become attached to in a way, similar to what I was talking about with the office earlier. Yeah, very, very much so. And, and interesting that you, you took that class. That's, that's really interesting because I think Sorkin is, is the, the name that's going to come up the most in this conversation because so much of what he writes and, and now directs is political, whether it be, serious and hardcore, whether it be a little fluffier. Uh, so it's a name that's inevitable in this kind of conversation. You get into also him, him writing things like A Few Good Men, 
uh, which is right. very much, even though it's a legal thriller, definitely involves politics. And then something that falls more into this current discussion that we're having right now. Uh, and it's not a film that I've seen, but it's one that I've heard people talk about a lot in this vein, and that's The American President uh, with Michael Douglas playing uh, playing the American president. And, uh, you know, it, it is that kind of combination of the politics and the feel-good of it all. Have you seen the film, Derek? I have not yet. Okay, and I know Phil hasn't seen it either. So we obviously we won't spend a lot of time on that, but that is one I have heard recommended a lot for the 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 kind of mood that we're talking about right now and also featured Martin Sheen in it before he was president Bartlett. I believe he was the chief of staff in that film. So th- that's interesting too to kind of see, see that, uh, that side of it. Uh, but I wanted to, to give each of you a chance to, to mention something that falls into this category for you as well. Phil, uh, we'll go to you. What, uh, what, what marries these two things for you? What, marriage of uh, politics and comfort food? Yes. Oh, it, it's uh, it's Dr. Strangelove, isn't it? Okay, that's an it, interesting choice. It is as political a movie as you're going to get. It's wicked satire. It's endlessly rewatchable. It's Stanley Kubrick with Ken Adam design. No, yeah, I'm there for that and anytime. It's, and it's eminently quotable, too. Which is, I, I think, oh, yeah. I think that's a that's a factor for for a lot of comfort food movies for me anyway. You know, I love you know going back to what we were talking about the last segment. You know, ha- how many times have, have you and I quoted Caddyshack at each other? Yeah, you know, I mean, oh, I mean, you don't even have to watch the movie because it, it, yeah, it's just it's just a quote machine. There is no plot. Yeah, that's that's a great choice. It's not one I would have thought of, but man, that's a, that's an excellent choice. Uh, Derek, how about you? Throw, throw one at me here. So for me, it's not so much movies, and it's kind of a go-to thing for me are the satirical segments on shows like Saturday Night Live. There have been so many great you know, political impressions that date back to you know, the early days of the show. You know, th- Things you throw out there like Dana Carvey as President Bush, uh, Tina Fey as Sarah Palin, uh, Jim Carrey, I thought, was a hilarious uh, Joe Biden impersonator. Alec Baldwin as Donald Trump. Satirical segments like that are usually my my go-to if I'm talking about mixing politics with comfort food. So that's, and I think that's a very valid choice. You know, I think we've all got our favorite political impressions on Saturday Night Live and our favorite political sketches on Saturday Night Live. You know, you mentioned several, but got to mention Will Ferrell's George W. Bush as being yeah. amazing. And I'm going to go against John Kerry. For me, the the definitive Biden is Jason Sudeikis, uh, who who was just I mean, very much played into a version of Biden that we're not really necessarily seeing out of him right now. The 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 goofy party, avuncular Biden versus the more serious Biden that we're seeing in the world right now. Uh, but you know, just kind of like, and this is a, not a movie or TV, but. The, in the waning days of the Obama presidency, where there were all the memes of, of Barack Obama and Joe Biden being buddies and yeah. and, and Biden being the kind of goofy, maybe a little dumb. But, uh, you know, I think a lot of people really like kind of love that idea of Biden. And maybe that's not necessarily what you want for president. And that's not what the image that he's putting forward right now either. Uh, but, you know, my favorite is the one where he's uh, there's the photo of 
uh, Obama presenting him with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and he's reciting the Green Lantern Oath. And Biden's <laughs> reciting the Green Lantern Oath, and, and Obama says, this doesn't make you Green Lantern, Joe. <laughs> It just that, that that just kills me. So that's absolutely a, a comfort food uh, for me too. Uh, that goes beyond movies and TV. Uh, you know, another another movie that I would mention in this category that I think is a is a big feel good in that it has uh, the political elements to it uh, because it is about a presidency, uh, but it's also got uh, it's got some commentary to it, but it's also got. Uh, some kind of romantic comedy elements to it. And that's the movie Dave. Uh, and I don't know if you've seen this, but this, uh, this is a film with Kevin Klein who uh, plays two roles in the film. He plays the, the sitting U S president who then dies and his, his cabinet conspira- conspires to hide that from the American people. So they go out and find this guy who's a, who's an identical, uh, identical to the, the, the late president and they they install him as president, and so he's he's uh, and Dave is the guy that looks like the president. And so Kevin Klein plays that role as well, and uh, he's got to juggle all of that. He's got to uh, get along with the first lady played by Sigourney Weaver, and uh, you know they end up falling in love with each other. And uh, she was no longer in love with the the previous president. So uh, there's just a lot of it's there's a lot of you know wacky hijinks to it, but it also has a lot of heart and. Uh, it's it's just one of those go-to movies that if you like comedies and especially the the kind of stuff Kevin Klein was doing in that uh uh late 90s era maybe early 2000s era kind of post uh post him winning the Oscar for a fish called Wanda when he was uh kind of a a big name in comedy uh he's he's kind of gone a little bit by the wayside these days although he's still very much an active actor uh, uh is this one that you've seen Derek I haven't, but I, I love the concept of it. I, I didn't know that much about it until you just explained it. So that that, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a really fun movie. Um, do do either of you? We're running a little low on time, but before we go, do either of you have uh, another another go to in this category that you'd want to mention, uh, Derek? You, you first. Um. No. Usually, like I said, the the SNL skits are are my go to. That's a good choice, Phil. Do you have a, another one you would want to mention? Oh yeah, um, it's not it's not direct because the movie has about five major plots, but um, The Godfather Part Two, with all of its uh, Senate machinations, including spoiler alert, uh, the mafia setting up a senator with a dead prostitute in order to gain power over him, which then comes out to play when they. Uh, Senate subcommittee starts investigating the mob is just terrific. Uh, and I can watch Godfather films all day. Anytime you can mention Coppola, I think that's, that's worth doing. So uh, interesting choice guys. It's been a, it's been a really interesting discussion. I've enjoyed spending this last hour with you guys. I hope you listeners have as well. We are out of time for this week, but we will be back next week with more until then you're listening. To Let's go Pensacola on news radio 92, three and AM 1620.